welcome back everybody to the stark wars podcast uh we are at we are recapping episode three of the falcon and the winter soldier with spoilers and everything so if you haven't seen the episode go back and watch it um i'm here with a man who just like me we're both a little sniffly today it's allergy (coughs) season and uh we're this is gonna be our nasally podcast so bear with us tommy how's it going I'm good. Yeah, it's either allergies or right before I got on, someone outside handed me a drink that they cut open a snake and then they poured the the (laughs) snake into the drink. Uh, So that might be it, too. But uh, I'm doing good. Yeah, no snake drinks this time. Um, Yeah, we're also joined by a lovely guest this evening and uh, your your co. I I don't know how much we want (laughs) to. Do I even want to say that? Do I want to say that? I don't know. You, yeah, you can. I mean, it's by this time, hopefully, it will be out. Yeah. If not, like it's a it's a preview. But yeah, I'm joined by both co-hosts today. We got Jalen Jones. Yeah, Tommy has a little like a podcast co-host sandwich going on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Jalen. So I, I'm curious. Uh, I, I I guess you could first and foremost, I guess you can introduce yourself and and tell the audience a little bit about yourself, and then like maybe your overall thoughts of this season of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, sure. So um, my name is Jalen Jones. I am a late to the game Marvel fan, I will admit. I used to be a casual and then the pandemic hit and I, I did the thing where I watched all of them in order and now I'm sold. I have a dog named T'Challa. Like we're here, we're queer, we're used to it. Um, I'm also really into like visual effects and stunt work. So that is something I pay attention to when I'm watching the show. Uh, very clearly a wildly different visual effects budget for Falcon and Winter Soldier than they had for WandaVision. It seems like they were saving all of their coins for Falcon and Winter Soldier. And so visually, I think it's been really cool to watch, but plot wise, I'm just like not there yet. I like and I want to be so bad. Oh, I want to be so bad. And I'm just they haven't pulled me in quite yet. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Um, and we'll get into some of the gripes uh, the, that I might have on this episode. Um, my, I think my biggest issue is this is a six episode series. We're on episode three, which means we're halfway done. And I, I'm struggling to find like, what exactly is this show? We have so many different threads mm-hmm. going on. And and maybe like I, I'm I'm struggling to find like what it what is my rooting interest here you know yes so uh, for instance like we're we're chasing after the flag smashers in this episode but we're also getting these scenes of the flag smashers being really awesome people and it's like it's like uh, I, it's like do I care that they really like I kind of want the flag smashers to win you know it's Great. like they're doing a good job they're doing good stuff right Tommy yeah I mean that's that's I think the hard thing is like I think the show because it only has six episodes they really need to focus on just give us Falcon and Bucky and really dive into their stories maybe a couple more characters they're introducing so many people and I think that's part of the issue is like I like the characters they introduce like a lot of the characters we got introduced and expanded on today like I thought Zemo was so fun I thought there were so many fun characters but the problem is we have three more episodes to continue growing these characters. And then also somewhat having a plot that we care about, like the ending of, I guess, I guess we're anti power broker. That's what I've learned this week. Maybe. Yeah. And then, you know, 
we Bucky was on this like personal growth journey, and then I guess he's not now. He's paused on that. The boat. <laughs> what are yeah, we doing we, with the boat? We got to oh. come back to the boat. Um, and that's <laughs> it's, inter- it's interesting that you write that up, Jalen. I'm going to get your perspective here because this is something we've talked about uh, so far this season on the podcast. Um, I, I think Tommy is very much Team Falcon. I'm very much Team Bucky. Who, which is your favorite character of our two leading men here? Oh, that is a tough question. Like, there's something about Bucky being like dark and broody that like really works for me. But I think I have to be Team Falcon. Yeah, I, I maybe it's a bit of a man crush I have here on Bucky. I think he's, I just, I think he's super charming and uh, he's a handsome dude. So, uh, I mean, they're both just you know two different flavors of delicious ice cream. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So, if you guys are ready, I'm, I'm just gonna jump us into the episode here, and we'll yeah. break it down one by one. Um, this was this was an interesting way to start off the episode because uh, Tommy and I spent so much time during WandaVision breaking down these commercials and what they mean. And here we are. We have another one. It's the uh, global rep. rep- Tommy, help me out here. <laughs> Reputations? Is that the word? I think it was repatri- re- repatriation. Repatriation. I don't yeah. remember what it but Yeah. Yeah, but, but the, their goal is to reset, uh, restore, and rebuild, right? Um, Tommy, what did you get out of this commercial? Listen, I drank their Kool-Aid at first. I was like, this looks great. Like, I don't know. I wanted to be one of those people building a fence, uh, putting up putting up that construction work. <laughs> but it did feel kind of cult-like, right? Like, we're watching this commercial, and it's like, it was like, join us in the GRC. Like, this is all good for everyone. Please don't look behind the walls. Like, everything's good for you. Yeah, and also I, I I guess we don't know a whole lot about them yet and, and what exactly their goal is, but it seems like they struggle a lot with uh, the three words that were used to describe them, uh, <laughs> reset, restore, and rebuild. For instance, I mean, we just one example, uh, a hero to the entire country, Falcon, who's struggling financially, coming back for the blip. I feel like that should not be a thing that's happening if, if their goal is to bounce everybody back. Um, I, I don't know if they're government oriented. I feel like if they were, it might be a little bit better off. And the fact that I, you would think that they would get some sort of money or income or stimulus check from all this. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm not, I, I, we, I guess we're not supposed to trust them. Right. Uh, yeah. I guess well, we're I, mean, yeah, I feel like we look later on. And it's like, they just send them to a random country and we're like, cool. We're relocating you to this like camp. Like, that doesn't look good to me. They don't look like they're building walls and getting along. That doesn't look fun. <laughs> well, the commercial reminded me of the like Reach Across America commercial from us. Like Ooh, it had good. the same energy and vibe of like, we're all going to put on jumpsuits and be one big happy family. And so, like, that to me was weird. Um, I also picked up on, they had talked about like, oh, we'll help you adjust to new laws. And I was like, what major new laws are happening that people need to adjust to? Like, it's been, yes, it's been five years, but I don't feel like laws changed that drastically that you're like, you need to sit down and learn these new laws that we've put forth for you. Does anyone else feel you get like, I really get like, and, and I hope 
Marvel continues as I mean I don't because it's eerie, but I the whole blip versus non-blip. It really feels like almost like we're the cool crowd, we're the people that were here for the five years. You guys, you guys had it easy. You just blipped out of here, you came back. We had to deal with all this. It really feels like a us versus them kind of attitude. Yeah. Yeah, that, that wild stuff there. Uh we'll, we'll come back to the uh the GRC, but the next scene we have here, we've got we've got John Walker who is he's on a mission in Germany. He's hunting down Carly. Um Jalen, I guess this is a good opportunity to uh get your opinions on our our new cap here. Oh, I fucking hate that man. I hate that man. He's gross. His uniform is gross. He looks smarmy. Like, all of his interactions with Falcon and Bucky feel so disingenuous. Like, oh, let's be on the same team. Like, fuck him. He deserves to get his face spin in. He doesn't. Like, I didn't feel bad. I didn't feel bad at all. Um, but I did think it was interesting to see, you know, this, like, darkening of him as he's getting frustrated that people aren't just embracing him this whole like do you know who i am yeah he he doesn't have uh he doesn't have the bedside manner that are the captain america he's he's threatening people he's way more aggressive um yeah i guess in my perspective again kind of going back to like the overall story here we uh, we have our heroes chasing down the fly smashers and john walker he's kind of like two steps behind them at all times and again i hate him is it well I, I'm I'm growing to hate him. I, I was a little defensive of him last week, but like you said, he has some really ugly moments in this episode, and uh, he's but he's much more like a fly in the ear of our heroes. Like I don't think he's a real threat to them. I don't think that he's doing anything that like he's just kind of annoying. And it's like that's not like I'm not I, like I don't even bother rooting against him because I don't picture him as the problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's maybe I need more more of the darkness from John Walker. And I think you'll get that. I think this is I, and I like that they built him up first. I like that they showed his like how much it meant to him and all this stuff. But you this episode we really start to see him unravel. He really has a short fuse. He gets very some of his language is very like like you, the the whole like uh, I, do you know who I am? And when he's like I don't care, or they don't they don't care how we how we do it as long as we get it done. It's not good, and um, I think that's going to continue. I think he's going to be the henchman kind of bad guy, where it's like he's there, but he's not the main focal. But I think the point of him is is what I think the main theme from Falcon I'm getting, which is the whole idea of legacy, the whole idea of like should we be worshiping these these people on this pedestal putting these people up on a pedestal because i think like that's a lot of what happened to john is a now he put himself up on that pedestal but he was doing that with cap and everyone else and it's like he has this immense pressure put on him that he's doing he's mm -hmm. the one putting the pressure on him yeah absolutely so uh it's gonna be interesting to see i i, I want i want a little bit more from you john walker let's let if you're so bad let's see what you got buddy <laughs> um, so our next scene here we're, we're going uh we got we got sam and buck we pick up where they left off they're going to get zemo um and so so i guess we get buck talking to zemo he and zemo it, it's an interesting scene here because it's kind of the reverse of what we see in civil war where where Zemo is is sitting with Bucky, who's locked up and reciting these words, but now it's the opposite, where Zemo's locked up and reciting mm. these words. So, um, uh, yeah, what what did what do you think of this whole scene, Jalen? 
I love when we get those like little throwback moments and reversing. So like the framing of that was really well done. Acting wise, I needed Bucky to give me a little bit more emotion and just like that twinge of the reaction because Zemo was like, oh, he's still in there. And I'm like, I, I do not see it. I do not quite see it yet. Yeah, they're telling us a lot without showing us. It's like, oh, watch out, Winter Soldier Bucky. And it's like, I don't know. He seems he seems fine to me, but I love this scene. I loved, yeah, like I love the flash. I love the whole hypothetical scene because I would do something like that. Be like, hypothetically, <laughs> if I just, you know, took the podcast, Michael, and uh, sold it over to Apple, you'd be okay with that hypothetically, right? <laughs> like, Let's just say. What's the price? Yeah. <laughs> I love that from... I love the humor we're getting from Bucky. I think that's, he's been so broody for so long for so many movies. And now we're getting back to like that first Avengers Bucky where he has a little more pep in his step. And he's, uh, he's given some quips back to uh Falcon and, and uh, I love Zemo. I really, I did not like Zemo in Civil War. I cannot say that enough how much I did not like him. And I love his humor in this. And I love his like, I don't know. The, the, finally making him a Baron too was great. And we'll get into that. But uh, I got, he scares me because he's so intelligent in a way, if that makes sense. He's, we haven't had a ton of villains that are just like good because of how smart they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I guess one thing, um, my immediate reaction in this episode was I love the new Zemo. Let's, let's get that straight. I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, but I, I did feel like it was uh, it was kind of a sharp turn from what we saw. It, it was almost like a completely different character. Um, he's got like a different charisma and attitude and he he's a little bit funnier. He's cracking jokes and that's stuff we never saw in Civil War. Now, I'm fine with that if well, first of all, I'm fine with it because it's a lot of fun. Um, but it, it, I will still have a problem with the fact that he changed so drastically. But I think a great way for this to finish off is because it doesn't really make sense to me that he wants to work with the Avengers at this point, right? Because that was his whole thing. He hates the Avengers. So for me, I guess my the only way I can explain why he's acting this way, why he's helping so much, is that he wants to get the super super serum for himself, right? Because his whole thing is, I'm not capable of beating the Avengers, so I have to make them beat each other. If he has a serum, he's able to beat him on his own. So I, I have to imagine that's where this is going. Um, Jalen, I don't know if you have any theories like that. I don't have. Well, I know that I don't fucking trust him at all. One, let me say, I am not team like this. Mm-mm, I'm not about it. I'm not about it. Like I have seen the people on the Internet being like, oh, he's hot now. He's suave now. He's funny now. I love the New Zealand. No, no. No, not a fan. But if, I felt like this entire episode, I was waiting. Like, okay, so, so when does this? When do you flip the switch? When are we? The betrayal's coming. When is it coming? Yeah, I think it's one of those. It's uh, the the we're waiting for Zemo to to betray them. I, I think that's. But I was, you know, there's another character I think might betray them too, and I I was surprised by that take too. But I think with Zemo. I'm cool with the change because obviously I didn't like the other Zemo. I didn't like Civil War Zemo. So I'm all for this Zemo. But I agree with you. If he just goes like kumbaya and is like goes back to jail, I'm not about it. He's he's gotta do something. 
there has to be a reason that he was so okay with working with them. I do believe that the, he does want the serum destroyed. Maybe maybe he wants to use it, but I, he definitely wants it out of other people's hands. If that like he wants to take it from other people, because I do believe him when he's like, it's just going to create more teams, and he doesn't like teams. <laughs> That's fair. He's not a team player. <laughs> There's no Zemo in team, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so another... Uh, that We kind of go right back into um, where he's going to get broken out of jail. And this is another one of my gripes. I felt like this was probably a bit too easy, the way that this happened. Um, maybe, maybe you guys can correct me there. But it just seemed very... I mean, he passed a note. The fight worked out great. He got his costume. He snuck out. Like, I don't know, I, I've never been in prison, but I don't know if it's that easy. Um, uh, yeah, well, uh, what do you think about that, Tommy? What do you think about the escape sequence going on here? Yeah, I mean, it definitely seemed easy because they were, I mean, they sped through it all. I don't know if I needed a whole episode of a prison break. Like, I know, like, Mandalorian is a show that does that a lot. And uh, I think with this... I guess maybe I'm desensitizing the fact that comic books do this all the time. Villains get out. Listen, it's like a they get a little get out of jail free card with some of these villains. It's like they go zoop zoop through jail all the time. <laughs> so maybe that's I'm just used to the comics where it's like, oh, cool. They can just come and go from jail. It's just like a second <laughs> home to them. Yeah, you know, just chuck out the guard, take his uniform. You're good. I didn't hate it. Like, it was more of a like a, a blip on the episode for me. <laughs> Yeah, Tommy, I, I will say, you, you make a good point. I'm glad this wasn't an entire episode. So uh, we got him in, we got him out, and we got some Zemo. So um, we also get to see, they go to his little car collection, which uh, I thought this was, I mean, again, we're kind of getting into millionaire uh, or, or billionaire Zemo going on here. Mm -hmm. We see his cars, and uh, he gets his mask, which I got to say, like, I am a G.I. Joe fan. I grew up with G.I. Joes. Uh, they're my favorite action figures. I liked the movies and TV shows. So I I'm a G.I. Joe guy. Zemo looks like a G.I. Joe character. So I, I very much <laughs> like his, his look. Uh, I, I know that uh, Jalen might not be thirsting over him, but I do like the costume. I, what, I like the coat. The coat was fly. His hair, smarmy. His face, smarmy. <laughs> I like Zemo more as this almost snooty rich guy. I like it more. I mean, it's more like the comics. The Baron Zemo is is like this in the comics. And I love this whole exchange. Like as much as like I hate the team up, I do love all three of them when they're harassing in the scene when they're harassing Bucky for not listening to the music that Falcon suggested. <laughs> and and the line where like because Zemo is all snooty and it's like, yeah, this is like this represents black culture and like everything wrong with with him but i love when falcon was like yeah i mean there's so much wrong with what you just said but you aren't wrong <laughs> i saw a picture on twitter that was like it was at that uh that moment with the caption and i saved it because i will be replying to people all the time with that photo so <laughs> yeah um but yeah so yeah we're, we're in the plane with them his little private jet um uh, there was a funny moment here where I, I guess I guess since he hasn't been on his private jet for a while, like he's got food in there and it might not be great. So he, he's talking to his little butler and he's like uh, he's talking in uh, Sokovian or whatever. And he says, uh, if it doesn't pass the smell test, just give it to them. I thought that <laughs> yeah. I thought that was funny. My one problem with this scene is I do feel this is where the writers were like, cool, we're really going to double down and really throw all our themes 
in this plane scene, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about uh, pedestals. We're going to talk about putting our idols up. I'm like, why, why is Zemo talking? I guess it kind of makes sense, but it's like, did he get the memo that everyone else has also been talking about this whole building <laughs> up legacy thing? <laughs> like it felt too cute that everyone's talking about the buzz of that and you know, all, all that jazz. Yeah. So did, did you have any takeaways from the uh, private jet scene, Jalen? I feel like I was trying to like read too much into this like music conversation and choice because the writers have been like slipping so many like subtle and not so subtle themes about Wraith into all of the episodes. And so I was like, okay, what is this conversation about Marvin Gaye? And like, why is that the conversation we're having now? I have no booked theories just yet, but I'm interested to see what some of the other fan theories are around that conversation i will admit it got me listening to the this is marvin gay soundtrack on spotify today so if nothing else uh i'm mixing up my music taste so <laughs> um now now tommy i'm interested to hear about uh this next they, they mentioned madripool madripool and uh, <laughs> uh uh falcon has a funny line here he's like you're talking like it's skull island which after just watching godzilla versus kong that was that was funny um but yeah, I, I didn't know this, but apparently it is a comic book thing. It's a comic. It's a mythical, uh, I guess, uh, Asian island or something like that. I, I'm not too sure, um, but it, I, they kind of explain it. It, it was a uh, kind of like a pirate's outpost, and uh, it it's, it kept its lawless state throughout the years. So uh, I didn't know if you knew anything about that, and we're excited to see that in the show. Yes, I both this and you know there's a lot of, you know, we're close to Easter. I think the show is like, let's get our, all our Easter eggs out here because there was a lot of Easter eggs in this episode. And, and Magipore was definitely one of them. And specifically, you know, jumping a little ahead, cause we have to go back to our girl Carly, but uh, it, there's like a bar that we see. A lot of the bars are from the comics, uh, mm -hmm. specifically princess bar, uh, which is we don't go to that one. We go to the other bar. Uh, the brass monkey bar, but we uh, go. They we see Princess Bar, and that's actually in the comics silently co-owned by Patches, who is the secret identity of the Wolverine. And uh, so that I thought was a cool reference showing Princess Bar because he's you know uh, Wolverine is very involved in um, that side of the world a lot of times in the comics. Um, so I thought that was cool. So should Wolverine be on our cameo draft? Maybe, but which we don't even know what Wolverine will be. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So uh, yeah, we do. We do. We go to we go to Carly here, and Carly, she's she's uh, she's playing soccer with kids. And I wrote down. I, I don't think this is the case, but I was just I was typing notes quick. But I wrote down that she was visiting her sick mom. I don't think that was her mom, but <laughs> I didn't know who it was. But she's taking care. Uh, you see her taking care of people. She's. She's very communal, you know. She she knows these people. She's close to these people. She's helping the sick. Um, so again, uh, uh, Flag Smashers—they seem like uh, not the worst organization, right? They're <laughs> yeah, I feel so conflicted, and I don't know how I'm supposed to sort these feelings out in three more episodes. I'm like, okay, first you want me to not like the Flag Smashers? No, I like them, but then maybe I don't like them. Like they're kind of doing a lot. Yeah, I think we're supposed to like them because I don't know, like this is where I'm saying like this was the the relocation camp and it just like this doesn't look great. And and pardon me, I have a theory about this of like, I know this is Latvia, but it's very similar 
to a certain country run by Dr. Doom. Is this going to become like the Dr. Doom world where it's like this country is, you know, people put all their unwanted people here and then they form their own, you know, sinister government because, you know, no one wanted us. They relocated us all here and now we'll, now we'll come back with a vengeance and have a Dr. Doom like person. I don't know. That is very interesting. I mean, we do, we have confirmation that there's a fantastic four movie coming. So, uh, that's all very possible. This could all just be a setup for that. So I'm down for it. Um, yeah. So then, then we go, we're going back to, uh, we're, we're actually going to Madripool now and, uh, everyone is, uh, especially for, I've been thirsting over some of the other guys here, but it's time for my, uh, thirst on Sam. I think he, he said it himself. He looks like a pimp here. I loved his outfit. I'm not thirsting on, on Sam. I'm thirsting on his shirt. I need myself yeah. one of those one of those outfits. I need it. Yeah. yeah. So that that was really cool. Um, and, and it's not uh, Sam. It's Smiling Tiger. <laughs> right. Correct. Yeah. Excuse me. So uh, yeah, they, they show up to the bar like you've mentioned, and um, that we see on on the wall in the background the power broker is watching, which he seems to be uh, very involved in this community. So uh, I, I don't know, like uh, Jalen, I don't know if you're a big video game person. I am. I, I know Tommy plays here and there. Uh, I, I played Cyberpunk last year, and this whole this whole uh, city, this bar. All of it reminds me of Cyberpunk, the game. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, are you a Cyberpunk guy, Tommy or Jalen? Never, never played Cyberpunk. Never heard of a Cyberpunk. Uh, it, it dropped with uh, a lot of issues. So the game was not super loud. I, I stayed away from this. When I saw the issues coming, I was like, you know what? I'll wait for the next game. Yeah, yeah. We'll wait for the sequel on that one. Um, but yeah, so th- we also get uh, this interesting drink here. You you also described it up at the top. They, he cuts open a snake. It puts the snake in a drink. Jalen, is this your drink of choice? Uh, first of all, no. Second of all, like this... This can't be sustainable. Like, how many of these are you serving? Where are you sourcing these snakes? What what part of the snake is this? Another, like, small thing that took me out of this scene is, like, they recognize Sam as this smiling tiger. But, like, if this is a man you serve regularly, you regularly pull out and slice open a snake to make this man a shot. And you're like, ah, yes, this is the same person. Like, he doesn't have sunglasses on. Like, the bartender's black, so it's not like he's doing a whole just, like, all black people look alike thing. He's just like, no, no, this is the same human that I regularly pulled out snakes for. Well, I will say, you know, maybe it's because if this is the version from the comic, Smiling Tiger doesn't talk. He just growls at people and he has claws. So maybe maybe it's like, you know, at least the voice won't throw people off. Um, Wait, is that gr- a real thing? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he just raws a lot. <laughs> I wish we got Sam growling at some point. <laughs> as many times as Zemo told them to stay in character. <laughs> Yeah, that was the other thing. Uh, another thing that probably should have blown their cover is he says this like pretty openly, like, uh, <laughs> like <laughs> stay, stay in character. Like he didn't even whisper that. Like there were many people around. Like that wouldn't that be a red flag, right? That and Sam being like, ah, uh, my favorite. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh yeah, they would have been caught at the door. Like they were not making it up to this office. They're done. <laughs> yeah, they didn't do a great job. Somehow it works anyways, though. Bucky um, did the best, and everyone was they're like, Oh, Bucky, you had to go into this inner dark self of yours. Like, and Bucky was killing it. Okay. Can we just like moment of appreciation for this fight choreography in this scene? Like best of the episode probably some of the best of the season so far the wire work chef's kiss was impeccable like the prop work with the table it was just clean it was just clean yeah Jalen, i'm with you there uh i i said that this was the type i mean this is why i was so excited for this show because yeah we do and one of is that we it's a different kind of action it's more it's more cgi you're getting people floating around and shooting powers and that's cool in its own right it's a completely different art form honestly but then here it's a little bit more grounded um and we do we get some very interesting fight choreography here in the bar and then later on in the shipment yard so yeah, I, I'm all for it. Let's talk about that shipyard choreography when we get there. <laughs> oh, I'm excited about this. All right, yes. The, the bar fight was the one. Love it. Okay, um, but yeah. So apparently, apparently this all works, and and they're going to see Selby. Um, uh, so Selby was interesting. Tommy, what do you think of Selby? I wanted more from selby uh selby is in the comics as well you know i always got to throw my comic book knowledge please uh flex <laughs> flex my knowledge she's a she's a mutant which again more x-men please um <clears throat> she can talk to computers and break code by talking to those computers um Ooh. but we alas i liked i liked selby you know she was fine she was there uh did did what she needed to do told us some stuff and gave us that exposition and then she she was gone <laughs> Yeah, so they they talk about uh, the conversation comes up that they're going to trade the Winter Soldier and the code for the serum. Um, is that a fair trade, Jalen? I mean, if I'm Bucky, I would like to know that this is the trade that we are going to propose before we get there. Like, <laughs> yeah, they didn't really discuss that. <laughs> like, let me know that I'm part of the plan because if the plan doesn't get blown up, what comes next, Zemo? What yeah. was the plan from there? Also, I mean, yes, I get that Bucky is a trained assassin on top of having like super soldier serum ish, but like if I could just give myself super soldier powers, do I need someone else to do it for me then? Eh, plausible deniability. That's true. There you have but it. if you've got the serum for like multiple, I don't know why you need just the one. Yeah, you gotta I'm build an sure. army. Yeah, and I'm sure she's got the resources to train these people once she gives them the super serum. Yeah, yeah, I'm on board. So uh, the the way they get exposed here, well, we've talked about uh, first of all Sam's appearance, um, the way he's acting when he takes that shot, uh, Zemo blatantly saying uh, "stay in character." There's a lot of things that should have exposed them here. And Tommy, I'm interested to hear from you because I don't really get how this happened. Um, so Sam got a phone call. Can you break this down for me? I'm like, so why did this happen? Why did they leave their cell phones in the room? Why did they need their cell phones on this mission? So yeah, Bucky, or not Bucky, Falcon gets a phone call. And Selby honestly, smartly is like, answer it, but answer it on speaker. And it is Sarah, his sister. And she wants, she hasn't felt good 
about the whole conversation and how they left things. And she wants to talk about the boat and like, Jalen, how did you feel Sam handled this? The, like a his- dumbass. Because his problem is if you are in care, like if I'm calling somebody, if I'm Sam, instead of asking her, what situation do you mean? And opening the door for her to say some shit that exposes me, I'm going to pick a fight. I'm answering that phone and fighting. Like he needed to give her some sort of cue that something was up or get her off the phone. Do you think if he just growled? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that would have raised more questions. Would have been a lot funnier though. (laughs) Yeah. Well, his whole, uh, the, the bank, we launder so much damn money. (laughs) I'll kill the banker. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) No, give her no time to talk. You drive the conversation. I will say I did like the whole situation. Like when he brought up situation, I did like that. They focused on the fact that she, he was like, you need to say what it is. Cause these people are going to think that we're like, if you aren't clear about what the situation is, they're going to think we're double crossing them. But yeah, I, all this was crazy. And I don't know if he ever called her back. You think he's got like, is Sarah, is Sarah concerned? <laughs> I mean, yeah, he just kind of left a bunch of confused people in his wake. Like, if I'm Sarah, and he's like, you're calling to a banker? Yeah, like, this is... alone, but it's not that deep. <laughs> this, this, all of this was super weird. Um, but uh, <laughs> it exposes them, nonetheless, of all things. The, the phone call gives them up, and uh, they, they, they escape. But the, the bounty hunters are coming after them now. And this is when... We we talked about it in our preview. We knew we knew Sharon Carter was showing up here, and here she is to save the day. And I really like this because again, we're we're kind of diving it. This is like the kind of thing that we would never have time to explain in the movies, like why Sharon Carter wouldn't be it. First of all, I don't know that we had room to bring Sharon Carter back. So the fact that we have a TV show to give her the platform, I love that. Um, but she's able to explain that that I, I'm not an Avenger. I don't get a free pass. I I, I went Ooh. against the Accords and now I'm I'm a criminal for that. And that's why she's living here in Madripool. So um, what did you think here, Tommy, seeing Sharon again? Yeah, I think some people are like, oh, it's such a drastic change for her. I mean, really, we didn't get much of her personality in the other movies. So I think she was, could be a little more sh- snarky in, in the way we're seeing her now. But also, like you said, I mean, it wasn't a free pass. That made sense to me. Uh, I do think she is being used a little bit for plot driven, but I, I do think they're giving her more character as they're doing it. And I think we're going to see more, especially with like the way she left uh, the episode. I think there's more to her. I think she's doing some more stuff. Uh, but I, I thought it all checked out. I liked her. I, I Again, I liked that like, this crew is kind of more... It doesn't feel Captain America hokey. It feels more edgy. It feels more snarky. Like They're all kind of... Mm-hmm. It, it feels almost Suicide squad S to me, you know, where it's like they're all just like chirping at each other. Yeah, and that was... Uh... Well, Jalen, what, what do you think of Sharon Carter here? I was so excited to see Emily Van Camp show up. I adore her as an actress, and I think she does really well in this type of character. It reminded me a lot of her character in Revenge, um, where she is the sort of, you know, on her own kind of snarky fighter. Um, and so it was 
really exciting for me to be like, ah, oh, fuck yeah, Emily Camp, she's back. I'm into it. Yeah, so we we go to her apartment here, and we kind of we kind of learn what she's been up to. Uh, she's she's got paintings, right? She's got some priceless art in her uh, in her apartment here. Uh, we got we get Sam googling some of the art, which was <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. I that would be me too. I'd be like, all right, what is what is this? Well, what I was stuck, I was like, what was he googling to be like? Ah, yes, this is the real one, and the one in museums must be fake. Yeah, I I liked. Again, like this reminds me of the music talk earlier. I do like this kind of humor. It's the humor that makes me laugh. But uh, it was so like everyone's everyone's digging on Sam. Like they're all professional artists. Fucky, you were you were like frozen for so many years. How did you learn all about this artwork? Right. What do you know? It reminded me of uh, Animal Crossing when you like go on Red's boat. <laughs> There's all the artwork. Ah, uh, one time. Let me warn everybody. One time I brought all my friends to my island, not knowing Red was there. And they all decided to run into Red's ship before I could and buy all the art before I could get the art on my island. For the record, it was not me. Though I was on the island, I did not purchase any of the artwork. Yes, everyone else did. They all took it. And from that day, I now can't look at art the same way. I think I need to throw, throw Cyberpunk away and get on Animal Crossing because this sounds way more riveting than that game. So, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you play it's a tag. Good time. <laughs> yep. Hide and seek. Uh, another thing that was interesting at Sharon's apartment was she had uh, uh, clothing for all the men. Well, did, did, <laughs> yeah, where? Uh, and, and their exact sizes and everything. Yeah, and this is where like maybe I have trust issues because I, like, I already said the waitress in the beginning might be evil. Maybe I just think everyone's gonna have like some turn of evil because like with Sharon, it just felt so easy that she was like, "All right, now I'm in." Like, uh, like it's like same with Zemo. It's like these. It doesn't. It shouldn't be this easy <laughs> to get everyone to be like, "Cool, come with us. It's fine. Come along." I don't know. Right. Well, they do offer the pardon, which, uh, again, I don't know if she'd go through this much trouble, especially because she seems to have a great life in Madripool. You know, she's kind of living the high life. And uh, yeah. does, does, does she need that pardon? You know, is that, that almost sounds like a step down from where she's at. Right. <laughs> she's, she's living the life. Pardon, art and lots of men's clothing. But you don't get to see your family, though. True. Well, we don't know anything about that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I was trying to think of who her family was, um, but yeah. So, do you think she's, she's really like? This is my thought. What if she's just like all angsty because she's really just upset because Cap left her and then went back to go date her her aunt? Like, is this all you know? Like, is that really what this is all about? It was a little trifling. It was a little trifling. Yeah, questionable. We'll we'll find out uh, Sharon's real motivation, uh, and I'm very mo- hey. She, she might be trying. Like, is I mean, who knows? We'll see. But I, I mean, I hope her entire story here is not to be a love interest. But with that being said, um, she likes caps, so um, maybe there's a connection. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so they get changed. They they talk about uh, uh, the pardon and. Uh, Another line here that that I wrote down. I can't remember who said it, but uh, somebody called. I think it was Sam calling uh, uh, Bucky the bionic staring machine. (laughs) (laughs) I got a kick out of that one. Um, But yeah, after this, we we go to a club. I guess they're kind of buying time and they they stop at the club. (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> it was a party at her house to sell art. <laughs> oh, was, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I do want to stop down on one thing that I noticed during this party scene. Did anyone else notice Zemo's dancing? <laughs> just, just the fist, the one fist bump. <laughs> and he was so into it and focused while Sam and Bucky are like, let's stay focused. Let's watch each other's back. Let's survey the room. And he's just like, okay, yeah. But this is a Zemo that works for me that has character and has like, like the other the Civil War Zemo just had no meat to him. And like I can listen, we've all danced weird at some point in our life. None of us started out as professional dancers. So I I, I stand with Zemo and his fist pump. Look, I'm really lazy, right? I'm not a big mover. You know, my job requires sitting in a seat. My podcast requires sitting in a seat. One of my favorite things is sitting down. So I'm not a huge dancer, but th- this was very much me at a party. Like, <laughs> like I'm not a big dancer, but then a song comes on that I like, and I'm just kind of like, all right, yeah, here we go. I, I-, I can do this. I can do this. So I like the Zima dancing. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, where am I at here? Uh, Jalen, did you have anything else about the the little party scene? As as the dancer of the group, I've danced since I was 11 years old. Uh, I do not approve. I do not approve. <laughs> you didn't start out little, this way? Yeah, and he's trying his little best. <laughs> <laughs> Try harder, Zemo. Try harder. He looks cre- like if I saw that man in a club, I would be so sketched out. I would go nowhere near him. If you just saw a man... Standing by himself, just one arm. Yeah. Nah. Creep. Yeah. Yeah. So I do have I do have the gif retweeted on my Twitter. So if anybody <laughs> wants to get rid of that moment, it is there. Uh at the Michael Overeer. So um but yeah, after this, we uh th- this is this is our shipyard scene. Um they're they're going to uh, I guess they're looking for the power broker here. They're they're, they're looking for the, the lab and the and the serum. And yeah, they're looking for Neagle, the guy. He's the right, scientist right. that created uh, the secret serum, uh, basically the the successor to uh, to the you know I'm forgetting his name, but the guy uh, a- I think Abraham was his first name, but the guy that created it for Cap. And uh, this guy uh, is in a shipping area. I guess that's where all evil labs are. Good hiding place for an evil lab, honestly. Yeah, because they open that compartment and like. If that were me, like opening that shipping container, and I saw nothing, I'd close the door and walk away. But they were like, "No, no, no! We are, we are investigating. We are pushing on walls." And they do, yeah. They find the lab. So. Do you think it smelled like fish? It, the whole place looks like it just smells like fish. <laughs> Not the lab. I mean, the lab probably too. But the whole, the whole shipping. I don't know. I just, I could smell the fish through my screen. Oh no! It made me think of um, that one season finale of The Amazing Race, where they had to run around with all the shipping containers. Probably smelled like fish there too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they did, they go in the mat, the lab, and they meet uh, Nagel. Is that his name? Nagel. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nagel. He's, he's there for a second. <laughs> Nagel. <and> Nagel. <laughs> he's only alive for a couple minutes. Yeah. Zemo wasn't having it. So. Um, <laughs> But yeah, they, they walk in, but then the, uh, I guess we also get the bounty hunters that show up outside, and this this kind of kicks off our scene. I'm Jalen. I, yeah, I'm I'm interested to hear from our fight correspondent here. Um, yeah, what 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 do you got here? So here's why Bucky's fight worked really well, and like this one didn't. Bucky 
like that actor has clearly spent so much time training to do a lot of his own fight work. And so you get so many good angles. Whereas like Emily Van Camp, who did a whole show, whole show full of fights with knife fight. She had rods, this fight. Like I was expecting her to bring it. And it was just like stunt double with a messy wig. So like every shot is just like a mess of blonde hair and they're like weird cuts to try and cover her face. And also it's like illogical that there are all of these bounty hunters and she just like single-handedly takes all of them down. Like it just, like they're coming in twos and threes and she's just like, oh, let me just grab this pole and I'm ready. It just did not work for me in the same way that that bar fight was like so crisp and clean. Yeah, this is interesting. We 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 touched on the Mandalorian a little bit earlier, but this is kind of Mandalorian ish. We get uh, it's almost like they're they're chasing after their baby Yoda, right? And uh, <laughs> yeah, we get all kinds of bounty hunters, and there there's all there's an endless supply of them apparently. So yeah, baby um, Neagle. They're looking for baby Neagle. <laughs> Yeah, I I liked. I mean, I liked the content we got from Neagle. I I liked as much as he was there only for a second. I did like the whole conversation of like he's like I was a god, like I create created this from Isaiah's blood, and uh, I thought it was interesting. He's like the whole part about him like getting blipped too, and like that again. It just goes to that connection of like the blipped versus the non blip. I I think that's going to be important in the MCU going forward. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's. He's fine. We find out he worked for Hydra, <laughs> transferred to the CIA, um, remakes the serum. Uh, and I, I guess he, he ended up working for the power broker, right? So um, he made 20 vials and then Carly stole them from him. So he's upset about that. So Yep. And we get the Zemo mask and we get him doing some some lots of fire happening. There's lots of fire. Um, I did think the Bucky Javelin was pretty cool. I just, I don't know. Yes. I love like jab. I don't know. Javelin seems so uh, unpractical as a weapon, but it's always so funny when someone gets javelin in like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think this is also like a kind of a maybe a bit of a callback to ca- the other Captain America movies. Again, I, I I talked about my favorite Captain America move is like when he kicks someone in the chest and they just fly. And it doesn't really make sense, but this is kind of like in the same way. It's like, just like kicking someone in the chest wouldn't send somebody back. Like just hitting him with a Like, I don't know if it really makes sense, but it is all really cool. Like I don't, that was pretty, that was a perfect throw. And, uh, but Hey, it looked cool. So I won't grab on it too much. Um, but yeah, so, uh, well, before, before he gets killed here, uh, we get not my pig, not my farm. That's, I'm uh, I'm writing that down and using that on Twitter. Uh, so not my pig, not my yeah. arm. That's my favorite saying. Which was an interesting play on uh, not my circus, not my monkeys. I've never heard not my pig, not my farm. I haven't heard either of these. These are both new to me. So uh, not my circus, not my monkeys. I like that too. So uh, writing those down. Um, but yeah, so uh, Z- Zemo kills him. And then, uh, yeah, fire. Uh, they they shoot a rocket launcher at the lab, which was uh, they they got out. They got out. Uh, I I don't know how, but they did. Right, full <laughs> yeah. magic going in the, in there. Uh, but Zemo escapes. At this point, I'm like, okay, Zemo's gone. He like he has no more reason to like. They broke him out of prison. He's free. You know, 
I did not think he was coming back. Oh, so. same. I was like, ah, this is the moment. I knew I couldn't trust him. Here he goes. Yep. So he he but but I will say and this was the moment I was like, well, why why does he keep coming back? Why is he so invested in this fight? And I, I he's got to get his hands on this super super serum. I always want to call it superhero serum, but I don't think it is. So, um, yeah, and he somehow miraculously finds this car inside yeah. one of the things. But you know, I it was worth it because we got the iconic uh, callback from Bucky and Falcon, where, <laughs> where Falcon goes, "Are you going to move up your seat?" And Bucky says, "Nope, nope." <laughs> I always okay. I maybe it's maybe I have tiny legs. I feel like I'm moving like I'm the ideal person to have in the front seat because like I like my knees to be resting up against the the dashboard. So like I pull my seat almost all the way up because um, I like that comfort. I feel secure, like almost like I'm on a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, I am not even five feet tall, so you can lean the seat back as far as you want. It will not bother me. Nice. I, I'll say this. I like to be super close when I'm driving. Uh, I like that kind of knee up to the dashboard type feeling you were describing. But when I'm in passenger, yeah, I, I if you let me, I'm putting that seat back. I like, yes. I like to stretch the legs out in the car. Now, if I'm driving, I need to pull it all the way up. Otherwise, I can't reach the pedals. So <laughs> a struggle. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, after this, uh, we, this is, we, we get Carly again. Um, and uh, she's taught Tommy set up the scene for us because I, 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 to be honest, I don't think I took good notes here. <laughs> what happened? What happens in this scene? Yeah, I, you know, and this was kind of confusing at this point. I uh, was, it, it was like they were taking medicine out of a building, right, and taking it and relocating as they keep doing, you know, going from place to place. And um, we did get good conversation from her and, and we continue to get more character development. I will say like last week we harped on no character development. We're definitely getting good character development from Carly uh, in these episodes of the way she's talking. I still can't get a read if we're supposed to root for her or not though. Like there's certain things she says. I'm like, yes, Carly. And then other things like, Oh, Carly, like not about, but the whole place blows up more fire, more explosions. <laughs> This is really, they're like, let's just use that budget, baby. Like, just, right. <laughs> they said we gave WandaVision the DCOM treatment so that we could blow things up in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. And I think for me, it's like, we're just supposed to, Power Broker's coming for Carly. You know, one way or the other, he's coming for her and uh, she's got to be ready. And so I almost think we're supposed to care about her. Well, yeah, I mean, I think something that she said that was really poignant to me is, you know, after she blows everything up um, and her partner's like, what? there were still people in there. And she says, this is the language that this is the only language these people understand. Um, and it made me think of the vastly underquoted MLK quote of riots are the language of the unheard and like really shaping this flag smashers out to be this like unheard group of people that are like, yes you know, blowing things up and stealing things and causing chaos, but like deeply have this sense of like, I'm trying to save people, you know, when she's talking to the soldier about you, you had six months of supplies that you just weren't using. And so you have this sympathy for her, even though she stole these 20 miles. I'm like, okay, Carly. Okay. Yeah. I see the vision. And a lot of the language like fuels right into the next scene with uh government cap in the, Ho in the Hoskins where they're talking about, 
like what I said earlier, which was the whole like they don't care how we do it as long as we do it. That the attitude of like the ends, the ends uh, outweigh the Justify means. Justify the means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and again, this the, and this is my big struggle. You know, I I, I need a I need a villain here, and, and it doesn't have to be Carly because I really do like Carly. I like the story that they're. I, I think it's very relevant. Uh, I I think the kind of the rebellion type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's very powerful. And and she's right. Sometimes violence, unfortunately, is the best way to to get the attention of the upper class or the government. And uh, that that's a very powerful story that they're telling there. And and even if we're not supposed to root for that, I don't feel like the threat is great enough for me to be like, yeah, we have to we have to get this serum from Carly. You know, it's like it's a very contained uh, situation going on. It's not, and maybe that's me being used to uh, Avengers Endgame, where we have Thanos uh, deleting half of the universe. Right. So it's like uh, it's a very different scale, and maybe that's just something I have to get used to. I think you need to see this as like think about like Wandavision. I think that Power Broker will be the villain we're supposed to hate, and I think it's going to be like Agnet. You know, Agatha, where they introduce it in the last couple episodes, and the Flag Smashers are our government in that where we're like, we're like, Oh, well, we kind of hate Wanda, but we kind of hate the government. I don't really know. Like, I think that's where it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like, we don't know how we're supposed to feel about the flag smashers. I think. Yeah. I will say when they were having that whole conversation in the shipping container and he's like, how many did you make? And he was like 20. I was waiting for the thousand. And then I was like, Oh, Oh, she got 20. She, (laughs) we just sitting all over the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, we she mentioned she mentioned uh, giving it to kids, so maybe they could do like half serums on the kids, and then it's forty. Um, <laughs> there's that. Split the doses. Y'all don't get the Johnson and Johnson version. You just get. Is Super Soldier Serum? Gen- do you think you can be passed genetically? Do you think like if you have it, it's like does it change your genes? I always wonder about that with superpowers. They isolated it like from Isaiah's blood, so there's some sort of biological altering happening at a deep level. Yeah, it's, it's little little super soldier babies. Yeah, so you just take the twenty serums and have just like a a super soldier polyamorous compound, and then super babies. Yeah, just a bunch of super super soldier serum moms. Just give it to a bunch of moms. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. I may be going too far. Super serumed up mom. If she breastfeeds, oh, can can that breast milk? And then can she give that to other babies or then other they're... people? It's just like a cafeteria, and anyone's just <laughs> drinking that breast. Milk. Then Bucky and Sam are hunting down super breast milk. <laughs> The story is very fascinating. <laughs> I'm just saying, all the villains are currently women. <laughs> I see. Um, it. I think that's where it's gonna go. <laughs> yep. Uh, spot on. Spot on, guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we uh, so we'll hop back in here. We got uh, we see Cap again, our new Cap, who is his again. He's kind of two steps behind at all times. He he gets the prison, and uh, Zemo's already gone. Uh, again, I'm like, I, I'm just not worried about this guy. Like, he's just, he's just like a kid. Like, 
He's like, he's like the, if everyone's at recess, they're running and there's like the little kid or the little short guy who just there's running uh, like a few meters behind, you know, he's just not quite there. He's well, not and there. Who, who does Cap represent? The government. Okay, I'm not going to call this man Cap. That man's name is John Walker. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. John Walker <laughs> represents the government. Cap's name is Steve. I'll say this. So when, I, when I'm taking notes for this, like, again, I'm trying yeah. to find, like, shorthands to get through anything. Yeah. And I do. I have him down as Cap everywhere. And uh, it's a problem. It's gonna I be. just refuse. Like, you can't inherit somebody else's nickname. Yeah. I've been calling him government Cap. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, I, again, that that makes me appreciate uh, his his uh, his psychic there, Battlestar, so much more because it's 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 very patriotic and uh, it's original too. I hate the name Battlestar. Oh come on! <laughs> okay, but here's why. Hear me out, right? Battlestar is clearly meant to be the like Bucky replacement. Bucky's name is just Bucky, and then they had this man who's like, nah, 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 I need some Battlestar. <laughs> Well, let's let's rename. Let's try to. So for the the John John Walker Cap, I want to name him Gap now. Gap, he's just the Gap. <laughs> he spends a lot. Government Cap, but also like Gap. Like he probably shops at the Gap. You know, he probably does. Yeah, and then Battlestar. Let's just call him Hoskins. Listen, Bucky was Bucky. Hoskins, you're you're Hoskins. Isn't Hoskins a cool name? That sounds like a cool guy that's doing some stuff. Battlestar sounds like the mascot of a Saturday morning cereal. Like, Battlestar featuring new Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> Battlestar is going to get you some, <laughs> some cinnamon <laughs> toast shrimp. <laughs> you open a box of Battlestars and there's a color-changing spoon inside. Oh, I want that. <laughs> a color-changing shield. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, I, I'm not going to change my stance on Battlestar, but Jalen, I do appreciate you coming hot here today, and uh, I do love Battlestar is a human. Fine, Battlestar is a name. Mm-mm. When we see those, when we see those Battlestarios, we can thank uh, Jalen for uh, Marvel's uh, Marvel's pitch for cereal. <laughs> Listen, I want a credit. It is, it is April 2nd. If we see them come out, especially if there's color-changing spoons, you heard it here first. Yeah, so uh, here we, we had a couple more moments uh, coming up to the end of this episode. There's nothing that really stuck out to me until we get to the, like the final uh, cameo at the end. Um, uh, for You mentioned that there was uh, they were transporting goods and the car blows up, right? Or were, you talk, were you mentioning that? Yeah, I think you were. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. So yeah, we kind of recapped all this, but um, yeah, we get a uh, we get a little cameo here at the end, and uh, we we yeah. we miss this one. There's one the conversation right before the cameo. I did want to point on okay. of between because I think it's really gonna it's between Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier, and it's about the whole idea of the shield. And and Falcon's like, mm-hmm. we need to destroy the shield, and so uh bucky's basically like no i'm gonna take it and i'll be captain if you don't want it i'll uh, like that's kind of how i got from it was he was like no we need to get this out of his hand and if you're not going to take the shield if you're not going to be the 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 legend i will be i don't know if he's there yet i don't know if like mentally he's ready for that responsibility but i see how important cap was to him and i think it just pushes how important what do you think jalen 
I think he needs to keep his behind in therapy. He's out here missing sessions because he jet setting all over the place. Let's go back to therapy. Like, let's work on that. Let's actually follow our rules because we have not been doing that. And you know he's going to go back to that therapist and be dishonest about hurting people. Like, I, while, you know, John Walker is trash, but he's just like not in a good mental headspace to be the type of figure that Captain America is. Yeah. I'm kind of with Falcon on this. Let Cap die with, with Steve. And like, I don't know if I want, you know, based off what we're seeing, I don't know if I want Falcon to be captain. Cause like the more I think about it, Falcon's made, like Sam has made a name as Falcon. Do we really want him to be in the shadows of an, of, of another man, of a, of a white man? It's like Falcon is Falcon. Let him just be his own thing. Let him just live his best life. I'm, I'm kind of signing on that. And I didn't think I was going to going into the show. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you, Tommy. I feel like, you know, Falcon is great in his own right. And it felt weird to me from jump when they're like, okay, you should be Captain America now as if he didn't already have his own name and his own legacy and his own title. Like even if he had taken the shield and given it a new paint job, like I don't think the shield itself is what makes the man, but essentially erasing his history by insisting like, okay, call yourself Captain America now continue on Steve's legacy instead of really like fostering your own. Well, it's weird to me in that nobody's talking about the next Iron Man. No one's talking about like nobody else has a replacement in line. We don't need, we don't need a new Captain America. You know, it's he, he was a great, like he was a great symbol for the country, but so is all the other Avengers. You know, everyone is unique in their own ways and like, they don't need understudies, you know, just, just let them come up. If he like he likes his wings, you know, just let him keep the wings. Let him, let him stay Falcon. Yeah. I think the difference between Iron Man and Cap there, though, is Cap was designed to be like when he, you know, he was a spokesman first. Then then he became like they had him up on stage doing those plays. Uh, (laughs) And so I think that's where like the legacy was built. I don't think there's there's a legacy with Iron Man, but there's he's not a symbol of America. He's not a symbol of the government. And so I think that's where it goes, where the difference, why people aren't. Uh, I think they're clamoring for Iron Man's tech, and I think we're going to see that in, in Armor Wars. I don't think they're clamoring for the next Iron Man. I think they're they're clamoring for that technology. Um, but I agree with you. Let Falcon just be his thing. Let Cap. Oh, yeah. Make him bald eagle. Like You can have the same concept of this is someone who is meant to be a figurehead and unite the country and, you know, be real patriotic, but giving him his own legacy. But I think it like speaks to, again, that like quiet whisper and sometimes not so quiet conversation that the writers are having about race by being like, what does it mean to say instead of letting this black man defend the country and be a figure on his own. We want him to assimilate into this like white figureheads legacy. And like, we want this like palatable, very American, very patriotic, red, white, and blue version of you and not the you that you currently are. Yeah. What about battle Eagle star? (laughs) (laughs) Battle stars, corny ass. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, we'll have to take submissions on like new patriotic names here. <laughs> and I, I feel like they they had to have had these conversations, just like we are. Like, uh, it's it seems like a natural thing. Just, uh, yeah, again, you can have that symbol, but come up with a new name. Keep or keep Falcon. He can. Just, uh, it's a, all right, we're we're kind of going in circles here, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, we're looking for recommendations. If you got uh, something better than Battlestar or Bald Eagle, let us know. Let us know on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, so and now we'll get to our cameo here, and this this was interesting. Um, uh, I might need some help with the name pronunciations here. I think it's Ao. Mm -hmm. Ao shows up, and she, I guess uh, from the moment you see her, she's she's got the bald head, she's got the cool necklace. Uh, you immediately know that this is a Wakandan, and um, I, I didn't remember Ao from the movies, honestly. But uh, she was kind of um, she was there, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> here she is she's she's coming to uh she's coming to pay she's coming to pay the debts and uh come after zemo for killing uh t'chaka so what do you think about did we did we miss the ball could we even have predicted this one tommy no yeah. <laughs> but i'm glad i'm glad that wakanda is getting involved like i actually think wakanda fits well obviously with all the all the race talk like i think this is it fits in this world and and clearly when you bring zemo in i mean they like they brought it up they killed their i mean he killed their king <laughs> they killed. just because black panther forgetting like didn't forgive him but was like you go to jail doesn't mean everyone else is like hey maybe we want to have our own judge jury and execution in wakanda mm -hmm. well especially like if t'challa was like hey you know what let's give him to the cia they'll lock him up and then he breaks out you're like okay fool me once shame on you fool me twice i'm taking you back to wakanda yeah i couldn't tell if and i've read some things where it goes back and forth if bucky is involved like maybe bucky called them as like hey like you can have him afterwards or if it was just that he like picked up on the things and were like hey like hold off it's probably more of the latter but i read a, co a couple articles that were like no like bucky bucky didn't trust zemo he called wakanda i'm like i don't know i don't know how if that's that feels too uh too too many steps ahead <laughs> yeah well he even seems surprised when she shows up right so um yeah, I, I don't. I'm not sure I buy that one, but uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that makes sense, especially with her whole like move or you'll be moved. Yeah, yep. No, I agree. So I, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, we're getting we're getting some Wakanda up in here. Love to see it. And uh, yeah, that'll be an interesting story next week. As as far as uh, did they get their hands on Zemo? Probably not yet. At least probably not in the next episode. But uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be fun to track. So. That kind of brings us to the end here. I don't know if you guys have anything else to add about the episode as a whole. Um, um, but with with that being said, Jalen, I don't know. I don't know if you. I, I didn't get to talk to you before all this, but uh, we usually close out the episode with uh, news and recommendations. Uh, I, I imagine Tommy has some. Ooh. I have some as well. Um, don't feel pressure. You don't have to bring anything if you don't well, want to. Let me marinate. You marinate. No, no news if you don't have to. Listen, it's hard for us. We we have <laughs> the knowledge and we have a hard time finding news stories sometimes. So yeah, yeah. So I'll go. We'll go over. Uh, we'll go over our news and recommendations here. And if you got something, you can chime in at the end. But uh, cool. yeah. So I I want to give a recommendation here, and it, it's kind of a twinge of a news story as well but my recommendation this week is the original clone wars on 
Disney Plus now. It's here. Star Wars has dropped the Star Wars Vintage Collection, which is you get some of the old Ewoks and droids shows and movies, um, as well as the original Clone Wars by Jinji Tartakovsky, which, in my opinion, is basically I, I, I think it's better than the other Clone Wars series. Um, Jinji Tartakovsky is a, an amazing uh, storyteller in the way that uh, he uses a lot of silence in the series. And it just it makes everything a lot cooler. So uh, it, it's also a really quick watch. I think it's I think it, it'll end up being like two and a half hours. So at, at some point, maybe I can convince Tommy to do an extra podcast here on it because I I love it so much. Um, but yeah, that is my recommendation for that. my new story here. Um, this is interesting because there's a lot of conversation ever since the Snyder Cut came out. Um, what other movies have other additional cuts? You know, is there can we can we do the A or cut of Suicide Squad? You know. And apparently, Margot Robbie said in an interview that, that there is a 20-hour cut of Once Upon a T- Time in Hollywood by Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> which uh, I love that movie. Uh, I don't think that we need to create a bunch of different cuts for all these different movies. Oh. But I'm just saying, um, look, you could do like two seasons of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood if you wanted to. And like, I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going <laughs> to fight it. So, um, Jalen, you said that you you had a recommendation. Do you want to hit us? Yes. Um, So if you are into at all fight choreography, stunt choreography, or even if you're not into it, because I got into it by watching um, Corridor Crew. It is the like fun reaction channel for the Corridor Digital team. So they bring in the actual stunt actors from Marvel um, and go through scenes and they'll talk about how they shot the scenes, how they set up the stunts, and what all of their process looks like. So it's a fun, fun watch. Oh, that is awesome. I need to... Uh, I, I think I'll be checking that one out. So, um, Tommy, are you ready for us? You got something here? Yeah, of course. Got it. I've had it all week. I've had all this uh, sitting here. Um, so for my rec, I have... Oh, I'm torn between two. I, I don't honestly remember if you've re- recommended this before. And maybe you have. If not, I'm doubling down on your recommendation. Uh, the show Primal. We've talked about it for sure. I don't know if yeah. I did recommend it, but uh, I'm seconding this. Yeah, it is so good. Um, it's an animated show. It has to do with like, I don't, you know, it's hard. I don't want to say too much, but it's cavemen, dinosaurs. It's so much fun. <laughs> Lots of fun. Watch the show. Um, and then my news story is that uh, DC has decided to do a, another fan vote. The last time DC did a fan vote, uh, spoilers, they, they murdered a Robin because they put it up to a fan vote. Do you want <laughs> us to murder Jason Todd or not? And of course the fans being trolls that fans are, were like, yeah, we don't like Jason Todd. And so they actually <laughs> murdered him. Uh, and so this vote is is hopefully not going to lead to that because this is they're, they're letting the fans decide on a new comic book. So they gave 16 pitches and uh, the like bracket season, you can whittle it down until there's one comic left that will be made. Very cool. I love that. Uh, do you know where to find that? Because I'm very interested. I'll... I'll, I'll send you the link it's also on dc if you just look at twitter the twitter uh yeah. at their 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 website i guess they're tw- they're tweeting yeah. and uh you can see that yeah so uh i also want to add uh primal and the original clone wars are both made by Gendry tartakovsky 
So uh, if you end up watching one of our recommendations, again, if you really like it, you can hop on over to the other one. Um, there's a lot of similarities there. They're very, di- I mean, obviously they're very different in subject, but a lot of similarities in the style. So um, I guess that brings us to the end, guys. We did pretty good. Look at us go. Jalen, I'm going to give you a second. If you want to tell people, if you want to plug something, plug your Twitter or where people can find you or what else you're doing on the internet. Um, you can find me on TikTok at Big Leo Energy um, and Instagram at Jalen Janelle. Love it. All right. Um, yeah. And uh, I guess that's it. We'll wrap it up here. I'll, I'll give some thank yous out to uh, Aaron Robertson, who did our song to open us up here today, and Ethan Kellum, who did our logo. And you can find both of their social media handles in the show notes. I also like to remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes. That is a great way to support the show. It helps people find us. And if you don't want to do that or you've already done that, another great way to support the show is just tell a friend. If they're watching Falcon of the Winter Soldier, say, hey, these guys just, uh, they told me all about the the comic books that are relevant to the show and they're very funny sometimes. So <laughs> if you want to come check them out, uh, that would be great. So yeah, tell your friends. And uh, I guess that's all I got. So uh, guys, Jalen, thank you so much for joining us today. This was a blast. Thank you for having me. You had me rolling at many points. You came in hot. So great, great work here. And uh, that's it. So y'all have a great weekend and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.